0: Radio Split Ranch!
1: Hello and welcome once again to Radio Split Ranch, a monthly visit with the Capital Region's great radio personalities of the past and sometimes present. I'm Warren Garling when I'm not on the radio. And our opening theme was created, composed, and performed by a musician known by just one real name, and that's Drew Jacobs. Drew is even more creative when writing great parodies, like the ones found on his CD, Selfie Absorbed. At uh, DrewJacobs.com, you can purchase that and other offerings. Please do because I didn't pay him a dime for creating our theme. Our victim this month at the Radio Split Ranch is another veteran broadcaster who is still active in the business and that I had the pleasure of working with for almost 20 years. She tells us she's hardly met a radio format she didn't like in her 34 years on regional radio, but you're going to recognize her from 22 years as morning host on 98.3 WTRY. Here's my sit-down with the delightful Jamie Roberts. Welcome, Jamie. Thank you for joining us.
2: I am so happy to be here. Thank I you. I
1: am thrilled because, first of all, you're still an active uh, you know, radio pronouncer, yes. which I'm happy to always have somebody that's active in the business at the moment so we can get that unique perspective. Uh, but also because you're the first uh, young lady I've had in here. Uh, really? That, yeah, yeah. and, wow. and I, I don't know why, but it just turned out that way. Okay. And there was another uh, reason as, as well that I'm happy that you're here. Um uh, well it'll come to me anyway you know <laughs> we've I, known
2: each other a long time but we, we haven't have. seen each other in well a that's time. true too so yeah. we
1: are going to catch up a little bit obviously yeah yeah, yeah. but um, I will be interested in your take on the difference between when you started and where we are now mm. so we'll get to that as, as we get to where we are now okay but let, let's let's right. go let's go back Way back,
2: tumbling, back.
1: <laughs> and and um, the first inkling that you had that yeah maybe it might be fun to to be on the radio was it was it one of the first things you wanted to do in life or did it come about you know strangely tell me about um, that
2: um you know I I knew from the time I was a kid I wanted to do something in entertainment oh okay. But never in my wildest dreams did I think that I could be on the radio. It just seemed... Because when we were growing up, like... Certainly much more than now, like the mostly men, there were some women, but the mostly mm-hmm. men who were on the radio were like stars to us. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, It might as well be Brad Pitt, you yeah, know. Right, right. You know, it, it's just what it was. You know, when we called the radio station to make a request, it was, oh, I got the DJ. I'm talking to the actual <laughs> DJ, you know.
3: Exactly.
2: Um, so I didn't even think that it was a possibility, but I always knew I wanted to do something in entertainment. But keep in mind, I also grew up at a time when women were not expected to really mm-hmm. go to college. You know, mm-hmm. I grew up in a very classic Italian family. Okay, is that, well, um, is that
1: local? Or are you a local, local
2: girl? Local, I'm a Troy girl. Okay. I'm a Troy girl. Um, and so it was not expected that I... It, my life route was supposed to be I will graduate from high school I will work as a secretary for the state mm-hmm. I will get married I will have a family and <laughs> yeah until I die that will I, be I my married life.
1: one of those girls there you yeah, go yeah that's, okay. that's what she thought her life was going to be as well right yeah
2: well about um you know six months into my life as a secretary for the state I decided this is so not the life yeah, path that that yeah. I want yeah um and, you know, through a series of things, I left the state. I went to work for uh, what was then the Drinking Driver Program uh, and, and ran that for a couple of years in Schenectady. But none of it, I, I didn't hate it, but it wasn't what I wanted. Mm-hmm. There was no passion in my yeah. belly for this.
1: Now, in high school, um, where did you do, were you an actor I did, and, and that I sort did, of thing? I did
2: yeah. uh, some of the shows, yeah, yeah, Oklahoma and things like that cool. that we put on yeah. in high school. Really... You know, I enjoyed that. I loved being on stage, sure. you know. yeah, me too. And yeah, it was just so much fun. And it, none of it felt, I can remember some of my friends saying, oh, but you got to go to rehearsal. Like, none of that was hard. Like, I didn't feel like, oh, gosh, I'm losing out on sleep. Like, who cares? <laughs> Look at what I'm doing, you know?
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: Um, So... Anyhow, so I work for the state, I leave there, I work for the drinking driver program, I leave there, I I work for the Ellis Hospital Day Treatment Program in the field of alcoholism. Mm. Um, None of it was lighting a fire in my belly. I'm about 24 at this point, and I find out that the day treatment program is closing. Oh, boy. And I'm like, okay, i got to find a gig. I look through the paper, and I see this ad for the New School school of
1: Contemporary Radio. That's right, right.
2: I'm like, well, you know what? Let me just check it out. Sure. What's the worst thing that could happen? Exactly. I gotta check it out. Exactly. So I make an appointment with Charlie Mertz. God bless him. Oh yeah. Uh, And I go down there one night, and not a lie, Warren. I I walk into the building, and you know, you walk down was when it was on yep. Colvin, Colvin. You walk down, the, down stairs the stairs, and I yeah. open the door, and I knew from the minute I opened that door. This really? Is, this is what I have to do. Wow. Yeah. This this is what I was meant yeah, to do. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I did my audition and was admitted and, uh, you know, did my 10 weeks at the school. But before I even graduated, I had a job. And nice, yeah. the rest...
1: We had quite different. a... I, I say we because I worked there for about five years. We had quite the placement um, uh, system. We, we, we really yeah. did place about better than 95% of our students got their got a first job yes now whether or yes. not it went on to a second job you know I think the percentages came down <laughs> quite a bit after that right because right. If, if I you know listened back then I wasn't hearing the people after a few weeks some of those <laughs> some of the students I was very proud of you know right. uh, and others that I kind of knew it wasn't going to work they were going right. to find something else to do we, we may have been their third or fourth vocational you know education they'd had you know right but anyway um, so where did where did it lead you? Where did you so go? So
2: I, uh, before I graduated, I got a job at what was then WVKZ. Oh, yeah. Uh, power Rock 96.7. Okay. Um, <laughs> Capital Land's power ship has landed. That's what it was. <laughs> that was our tag. Um, now, where
1: were they located?
2: They were located on State Street in Schenectady. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I got a job there doing uh, what started out as weekend overnights and Within a week, I was doing overnights, you know. Yeah, nice. Um, now, wasn't
1: that the sister station to the old WSNY or 3WD? Yes, yes, okay, 1240, yeah, where yeah, I started. Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. okay.
2: Um, and it was all – the, the – thing was, it was all music that I never listened to. Uh, You know, it was all heavy metal and hard rock. And I was a pop soft rock girl from way back. a
1: share lady. Um,
2: But as, share lady, (laughs) that's right. But as I was taught at the new school, you know, you're not going to listen to your favorite music. You're going for a gig. It's true. Um, And so, you know, I took that to heart and I took the job and... I was in heaven. I mean,
1: just <laughs> the the hours heaven. didn't matter. The nope. pay didn't matter. Nope. You know, it, it it's, it's it's that's what happens to us. The, the people that stay in it forever, that's what happens. We just get immediately grabbed by it, and it won't let go.
2: And you, it's completely true because I was also working. I was working a nine to five job as a production assistant at what was then Channel fifty five over in Scotia. Okay. Um. But so I would. Work from nine to five, come home and sleep for a couple hours, then go work midnight to six. (laughs) I mean, go home, sleep for an hour, take a shower, get up, work nine to five. Wow. I did that because, uh, so I worked at WVKZ and very much enjoyed it. Met great people Frank Turk and uh, uh, Julian Starr, the late Julian Starr, uh, Nikki Donovan uh, were all there. Cool. Um, Yeah, really good people.
1: And what year is this we're talking about?
2: This is 88. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Um, mid 88, I guess. Well, early to mid 88. Okay. Um, but within three months of working there, I got a call from John Knott over at uh, K Light at mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. Uh, asking me to come on over and talk to him, and I did, and he ended up hiring me. And wow. That was, you know, oh, well, this is the kind of music I always wanted to work mm-hmm. with, so of course I'm going to take this gig. Sure. So I was working weekends and overnights and filling in overnight and filling in basically for anybody who had time off. Nice. Um, yeah. And I really enjoyed that. You know, we did little late night love songs and all, of, <laughs> you know, it was fun. And what was he like to work for? Um, John was great. Yeah. Can I tell you, John was the nicest. Yeah. I'll never forget. I'm um, one of my, I, I did overnight, you know, obviously my first couple of shifts there were overnights, but I was doing a... Saturday afternoon shift it was one of my first daytime shifts there and the whole staff was together for some reason doing something which was why they gave me the sure why well, you had the yeah. Shift, yeah um and I'll never forget I'm like an hour and a half into my shift and the hotline rings and you know you're mm, panic-stricken yeah, oh that's God, the first what thing I that do? happens exactly and I answered the phone, and it was John, and he said, I I, I don't want you to get nervous or anything. I just wanted to call and tell you that we're all listening, and you're doing a great job. Whoa. And I just thought that was just the kind of... Uh, yeah. You know, here I am all these years later. I've never forgotten it. Yes. You know, it's just yep. one of those things. Yeah. Didn't have to do it. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, probably having fun and, yeah. you know, knocking back a drink or two or whatever, but... uh <laughs> But he took the time to do it. So he was just a yeah, really nice, yeah. good man. No,
1: one, one of the positive guys. One of the guys that, uh, you know, from everything I've heard from folks that have worked for him, it was always a positive reinforcement. It always. was a way, you know, that, uh, okay, well, that was good. Maybe this way is better. You know, that sort of, uh, you know, PD. Always. Yeah, yeah.
2: Always. Always started with a positive. Always. Sure. Just yeah. a, a good, good guy. Um, so, yeah. So I was working there and... I don't know, I was probably there for about five months, maybe six months. And Tommy Hahn at the new school mm-hmm. uh, gave me a call and said, well, you know, Fly is looking for somebody, a weekender on Fly, and mm-hmm. I, I think that that'll be a good fit for you. Um, and I said, all right, well, all right. He said, I, I think you have a better chance of of." being bumped up to full-time at Fly. There you go. Than you do at yeah. k Because everybody at that time was... Pretty stable. Pr- pretty stable. Yeah. Um, and I said, all right, well, you know, I'll take the advice. And so I went over to Fly uh, during the day when I was working my daytime job. And, uh, you know, I was there. I interviewed with um, Mike Patrick Mike Machado Michaels at the time. Mm-hmm, yep. Um, <laughs> and he listened to my tape in front of me, and I, you know, wanted to die a thousand oh, deaths because none oh, of yeah. us ever want to hear ourselves. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I made the mistake once um, at WJIB in Boston after auditioning there, reading mm-hmm. and doing a little bit of uh, segue stuff and then uh, newscast, and I made the mistake. They asked me, said, so "You want to listen back to what the tape sounds like?" You know. This is before I had a, I didn't have an air check to bring them from right. my college station at the time and um, and I said, yeah sure well they play it back and I realize that I'm hearing some stray noise and I can't figure out what it is. And I said what's that clicking noise going on That's the Newman's mic picking up your dryness in your mouth Oh, you know, and I thought to myself, "Well, now I know why I'm not going to get the job." <laughs> you know, because I didn't even think to bring water, you know, right. or to ask for a glass of water it was before bottled water, right? You know, sure, and I sure. n- never thought to do it. I was so nervous and so dry that you can actually hear my tongue hitting, Flicking. yeah, in, in my mouth. Yeah, oh. yeah, it was crazy. So I never did that again. No. If anybody ever asked me, "You want to hear that again?" No, no, no. You no. listen to it later. Call me and tell me I got the job. You know, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> it was Boston. You know, I was you know 19 years old. I'm not going to get a job. No, in Boston.
2: Well, hey, you never know. You yeah. took the shot. Yeah, took I
1: took the, the shot. shot a couple times there. shot. My
2: um, <laughs> so yeah, so Mike, so Mike
1: listened to the, in
2: front of me, which again, idea. killed yeah. me, but, uh, yeah. but he, he liked it. Yeah. Uh, and said, okay, well, I'm going to take you in to meet Todd, Todd Benton yeah, at the Patton, time. Yeah. Sure. Um, and everybody of course knew Todd in the morning show. And so I went in there and, you know, he asked me several questions, which was, uh, you know, I liked his approach. He was asking me what I knew about the station. He wanted my take on the station, um, and I thought that was interesting. Mm. I really thought he wanted to know yeah. what I thought of the station. Yeah, interesting. Now, yeah. of course, obviously, I, you know, didn't say anything negative. Oh, <laughs> well, no, you're <laughs> not going to do that. It's the greatest thing yeah. I've ever heard. Exactly, yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> Plus, now it's a little bit more in line, still in line with the music that you like. It was. Yeah, yeah. yeah it you was know, was pop rock. Very yeah, much, yeah. yeah.
2: Um, until we got along really well, and he hired me on the spot Yeah. Um, cool. uh, to do weekend overnights. Okay, and I said sure. I mean, you know, let's do it. And so I had to go tell John that I was <laughs> leaving, which Jumping was Jumping ship,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: Um, and I went over to Fly 92 and. Jumping Jamie Roberts was born because up to that point I had used my real name.
1: Had you really? I had. That, that was something I was gonna bring up that uh, you're not really Jamie Roberts, and you're one of the few like me that the name is completely different on, on the well, not completely, I guess. My my air name being Chris Warren and my real name being Warren, but um but my first name. Yes. You know? And I know when somebody calls me Chris that I know them through the business. Right. Obviously. Right. You know, yeah. And the same thing. But of course, and you've always been Jamie to me. But I'm, I'm pretty sure your wife doesn't call you Jamie. No, she does not. <laughs> oh, okay. No, she does
2: not. No, my real first name is Anne. So yeah, yeah. And,
1: Which is a perfectly fine uh, name.
2: Uh, my last name, not so perfectly fine. Oh, okay. At least by by back then. I mean, we're going back 30 years. Yeah, sure. you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, My last name is Ethnic. It's Pascarel, so it's a okay. very ethnic name. True. And yeah. so people thought that Although John not never thought it was fine for me to use it. But yeah, yeah. Uh, when I moved over to Fly, no, that's way too hard for people to remember. It's got a, you know, <laughs> yeah. a brush off the tongue. right? So Todd gave me the weekend to come up with a name. You, okay. you know, I interviewed with him, I think, on a Thursday or Friday. And he said, by Monday, tell me what your name is going to be. And if you don't have a name I like, I'm giving you a name. There you go. Yeah. So again, I went back to my friends at the new school and said, what the heck am I looking for? <laughs> And they said, you know, you just need something that's simple. That's mm-hmm. all. Something mm-hmm. simple. Fine. Think of the names of other people in your family.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: So I did. I have had two brothers, James and Robert. So there we you go. Put them together. Put them together. How about that? Yeah, interesting. So there yeah. you go. And that's yeah. it for thirty some odd years later. Yeah.
1: Well, see, if you had started twenty years earlier, they would have. They would have just said, "Well, we have a jingle already, and this is what your name's <laughs> going to be." Your yeah. Name? That's that's what happened to me. You Are know. You oh no, much to my um, uh, grandmother's chagrin. You know, she's well. Why aren't you, you know, Warren Garling on the radio? I said because they had this jingle. Single, and so I'm Jesse James, I, whether I like it or not, you know yeah, so it was uh, yeah it's a it's a long strange story. We all had young American names. that was the theme right. to the station back right. then yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, but when I finally got a chance to use the one that uh, my girlfriend in high school and I chose, mm-hmm. um, you know I was uh, that was it. I did that in college and and then pretty You're much kept job. it from from then on, although I, I when I worked at GNA, I was Warren Garling, news director, but on Saturday nights from six to midnight, I was Chris Warren, a DJ. Yeah, yeah. Are you kidding? I had I had one lady used to call me the Warren Twins. You know, <laughs> I like <laughs> you know? her. Yeah, yeah. She was very smart. Yeah, and so uh, yeah, so but that's the business. It you know, is. you can get away with with you know so many strange Bizarro and wonderful things. things. Yes. You know, because yes. it's it's theater of the mind. It's it's whatever you want to make it.
2: Yeah, and yeah. what's interesting is that. Even people I went to high school with, who of course knew me as Annie, sure, will call me Jamie now. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? Wow, that, I know, yeah, I yeah. know it's very bizarre, but uh, yeah, there's a handful of people that call me Ann or Annie, but most people in my life call me Jamie, so <laughs> which is fine. I like both of the names yeah. equally well. Oh, sure, so sure, it's uh, it's all good. So, yeah, so I worked a fly and I I um, did weekend overnights for about I want to say like four or five months. And Todd hired me full time to do middays. Where you go? Um, Yeah, which was great. And uh, really, a pressure cooker.
1: Yes, you know yeah.
2: it really was, and I don't think I was quite right. Well, well
1: for now, it. now you're being rated. You know, yeah. they're watching the ratings, mm-hmm. and uh, you've got you know real competition. There are actual people that are awake listening to you, not right. falling asleep. Right, hopefully. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know? um, so uh, yeah, so that that's uh, very different. It, and you're also there. Th- this is what always. Actually, this is the part that I didn't miss when radio changed over the last twenty or so years. Is that you were involved in station politics all of a sudden because you're there with and when everybody else is working. It's true, you know. So you know the production guy walks in and says, "I can't get this person to do this and that," right? And all of a sudden you've got you know you you got people leaning on you to do things that you know you well I don't want to hear this right I just want to
2: do my show exactly yeah I just want to do my show yeah um so yeah so I I did mid-days I was high pressure um you know I love Todd because Todd taught me a lot um and I'm grateful for him for hiring me at fly but he was not the easiest man at the time to work for okay yeah Um, yeah you know he wasn't Crazy talented. Yeah. Crazy talented. Um, But just not the And he would admit this, you know, that he was not the easiest guy to work for. He was very young at the time, too, my God. Mm -hmm.
1: Still learning himself. Yeah. 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 Um,
2: So that was hard. So I did middays for about six months. And, you know, I wasn't comfortable. You know, I don't think he was comfortable with what I was doing. Mm. And so after about six months, I moved to full-time overnights. Okay. Um. Which, you know, I really enjoyed. People don't get how much I really enjoyed. I yeah. did it for seven years.
1: Wow. See, now, um, so that, to a lot of people, is a, a demotion.
2: Yeah. You know, you, you've you yeah. gone
1: from high-profile midday right. to, you know, overnights where you don't have as large large an audience.
2: Right. And I didn't feel that way. I, Good for you. I wanted to do the job. You know, if they told me I had to sit in a box in the corner and... Talk to 25 people, I would have sat in a box in the corner and talked to 25 people. You know, <laughs> I just wanted to do the job. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, I, you know, you end up, no matter what shift you're working, you end up having loyal listeners. You end up having, you know, people who are calling in. And the thing about working at Fly, it was so high profile. You know, we were doing giveaways overnight. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like it was a dead time slot. Well, that's cool. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Although what killed me is one time many years later, a kid walked in who had been hired part-time and said, I remember when I was 11 winning from you at oh, around 2 God. in the morning. Oh. That was a little painful. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I really enjoyed doing the overnights. I did. I had fun. There was none of the station politics. Exactly. I was in. I would do my yep. production for the day, whatever it happened to be, and go on the air and do my show. And by 6.15, I was on my way home. Mm-hmm, yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Now
1: it, it does wreak a little havoc with the personal life. You know, when you're working a shift like that, you yeah, know, you you really if you go out with somebody, you really can't stay out very late because you have true. to go to work. Um, and of course, getting you part of your daytime is you know if you're getting eight hours sleep, you know mm-hmm. your your day doesn't start till after lunchtime. And so uh so there's some negatives too but did, uh, did you find that easy to uh get through You know through?
2: I did, it, it was I would say the first 6 months were were really tough yeah. you know trying to train your body to sleep mm-hmm. during the day but once I got used to it after about 6 months I I enjoyed it I mean you know if we had a nice sunny day I would choose to... You know, sleep four hours, wake up, enjoy the sunshine, then go back to sleep for another three or four hours. There you but, go. Sure. Um, for the most part, even on the weekend, I would, you know, be up overnight and kind of sleep part of the day. Uh, you know, I, that this is when all the stores were open all night long. You know, mm-hmm. Walmart would be open and Target would be open. Mm-hmm. And the, all the grocery stores were open. Mm-hmm. So it, it was great. I was doing my grocery shopping at three in the morning. You know, nobody was <laughs> around. It was, you know, really nice. I had friends, all of my friends worked in radio. So they were all up all the hours of the night on the sure. weekend. So sure. we would have all kinds of fun. So yeah, it didn't it didn't bother me on a personal level. But once I was doing it, when we got into like the fifth, sixth, seventh year of doing it, it did start to affect my health. Oh. Um, because your body, you know, and I never bought this, but your body does in fact need sunshine. Yeah, that's true. It does true. need sunshine. Um, so, yeah, I started having some, you know, not major medical problems, but enough of a medical issue where... You know, I thought, I'm just, I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm uh, not going to be able to do this anymore. But mm-hmm. you know what? I went to my program director at the time, Mike Morgan was his name.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and I said, you know, I, lo- I love what I do and I want to keep doing it. But, you know, physically, I'm I'm just not going to be wow. able to do this. So yeah. I'm just being respectful of you and letting you know that I'm going to try and look elsewhere for another job wow. if, if you can't help me out. Mm. Well, it just so happens we were putting a country station on the air at that time in the cluster, (laughs) which was, you know, all the stations owned by the same, by Jim Mm Morrell. And, uh, we were putting on power country. Okay. 96.7, which was, uh, going back to the call letters I had when I, you know, (laughs) the 96.7 back, uh, back when I first started, um, they had acquired that, those calls and, uh, so yeah, so he said, you know, do you want to do middays at a, at a uh, country station? And I said, sure. I, I'm, I'm not averse to working in any format.
1: Had you Were you um, familiar at all with the country not music?
2: nothing. Oh, no. I, I, I thought, in fact, I would joke with a friend of mine, Sean, who loved country music. I would say to him, I don't know what, I don't understand what you're listening to. I don't get it. It makes no sense to me. But I found out I was getting the job. I did a, uh, sorry, I just hit the microphone. I did a uh, a deep dive into, you know, I bought all these country magazines. There you I go. You know, yeah. did all this stuff, you know, went online, read as much as I could. And uh, of course, the internet was young. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
1: what, what, what year do you think we're talking now? We're in the late 90s? Now early we're about the,
2: 97 okay. probably. Okay. Um, Anyway, so I, I learned as much as I could and, you know, I would check my log the day before to see what artists I was going to be playing and learned about all of the there artists you and yeah. you know did my research. And, uh, you know, as what happens at every station you work at, I ended up liking a lot of the country artists. And, oh, sure. You know, oh, yeah. Even when I worked at the heavy metal station, I ended up liking a lot of the heavy metal music I never thought I would like. There so, you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I had fun. I did middays there for a while. Then I bumped up to mornings, uh, and did mornings there for a while. And now, this, were you
1: solo in the mornings, or did I was you solo have a in little? The okay, I was solo right.
2: in the morning. We had a news uh, person, newswoman, Kristen. So, little go- so back a little and little bit forth of banter there. back and forth there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. and it, I, I very much enjoyed it. It was fun. Yeah. We had some great gigs, you know, doing country line dancing and stuff. And uh, <laughs> you know, I should say, Kevin Richards.
3: Oh, gosh.
2: Uh, who is such a good man. Yes. Uh, Kevin worked for the, you know, competition, if you will. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of saying competition, but uh, <laughs> but he worked for WGNA, which really wasn't competitive. We were a 6,000-watt station. They were the 50,000-watt yeah, exactly. monster. Yeah. Um, but he was so kind, because I was going to have to host these country line dancing mm. nights. Mm. You know, I didn't know anything about country line dancing. But every week he would teach a, a country line dancing yes. class yeah. and we had a mutual friend and our mutual, my mutual friend, Sean went to him and said, you know, Jamie doesn't know any, bring her up. I'm going to teach her the basics so nice. she'll be able to get through it. And he nice. did. Well, it yeah. Just a sweet, sweet man. Mm-hmm. So, Excellent. Um, good guy. Good guy.
1: I've never had the pleasure, but, uh, but we're, uh, I, I want to say we may be friends on Facebook or he belongs to a couple same groups I do on okay. Facebook. So, okay. you know, see that now and again, but that's, that's somebody it dawns on me that I should probably, uh, you know, talk to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: He's a good man. He's crazy talented. Yeah. Again. yeah. Um, and he's
1: been doing this for a while. A long time. Yeah. A yeah. long
2: time. Um, so yeah, he would. you know, I'm not a big believer in any of that. When I worked at fly, we would have the radio wars between us and Electric 99, which is now the River, of course, but yeah. but was Electric, and they would like battle it out, and they hated us, and we were supposed to hate them, yeah, and I was yeah. like, this is insane. Yeah, yeah. Any minute, any second, any one of us could lose our job, and oh, we're gonna yeah. knock on the door of yeah. the guy across the street. You
1: you, you got to listen to uh, um, uh, Mike Patrick's interview with me from a couple months ago because he talks about uh, taunting. Yeah, on on, on ball ball town road going over and taunting through the window All of the competition true. yeah 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 you, you guys were nuts
2: <laughs> we we it, it was because it was me and shadow michaels and and mike patrick and and yeah. todd pettengill and um john schaefer and magic matt allen and jim chandler who is now in in nashville um and we would. That was the, like you were saying, and I would just go, I'm not going to do this. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. I'm just, yeah. I'm going to compete with them. I want sure, to do better but than them. Professionally but on the air. On the air. Yeah, yeah. But when I see somebody in person, I'm, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> so, yeah, I was never a big believer in that. And it was nice to see that Kevin was not uh, mm, you Yes. Know, about, yes, about exactly. That too, yeah. When I was doing the country. That's nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I did that. I did country for a year. And then they, uh, the powers that be at Pamel Broadcasting, Albany Broadcasting at the time, decided that uh, they wanted to switch the station from country to uh, rap and R&B. Okay. That's a heck of a flip. Yeah, Um, yeah. We were running Yankee games at the time on Power Country, which is probably why the station did not succeed. Was Mm. it a sports station? Was it a country station? (laughs) Exactly.
1: Worked for a few of those in my
3: time. Yeah. Um.
2: Although I got some great perks for running Yankee games, like going to the stadium and having wonderful, beautiful seats and all kinds of great stuff. Yeah. but so they decided to change it to what is now Jams 96.3. And I helped them change it. You know, I I entered all the songs in. I helped them do all the logs, put everything together, wow. knowing that it was going to change. Yeah, it taught me a lot. Listen, the one thing about me and radio, I just loved to learn. I just mm-hmm. wanted to, you yeah. know, it didn't matter yeah. if it was my job or not. I yeah. just liked learning. Yes. Everything I could yeah. get into my head, I wanted so I helped them do all that, and as I said, loading in all the songs and figuring out what was going to go and the liners and the jingles, etc. Now,
1: was there a guarantee that you were going to transition and, and stay with them and do that format? or?
2: Well, no. What was okay. going to happen was I was going to help them get it on the air Okay. and help them keep it running for the first couple of weeks. Gotcha. And then I was going to do talk.
1: Ah. Our sister
2: station, W-R-O-W.
1: Okay, interesting. Okay. I I, I knew R-O-W came in here somewhere. Yeah. And this is where it was. Okay. Paul
2: Vandenberg was running the station at the time. Mm-hmm. And I used to, um, when I was working the overnights on fly, when I would get off the air, I would go over and sit in with him for like 15 or 20 minutes doing, hmm. you know, bantering with him on, mm-hmm. on his morning show. Yeah. He liked what he heard and offered me a job doing afternoons, wow. afternoon talk. Whoa. I, I had always wanted to do talk. Interesting. Always wanted to do talk. Wow. See,
1: that that's something that never attracted me at all. Really? It, yeah, I'm so in love with music that I could never imagine doing a talk format. And I did it, I subbed for Joe Gallagher a few times on WGY back in the... Uh, 2000s? Yeah, the first decade of... of, uh, Anyway, Mm. um, I did not... Find it all that entertaining for me, <laughs> you really? know. Hopefully, the audience found it more entertaining. <laughs> I'm sure and they did. And I do enjoy interviewing people. Which is, if if that's all I'm going to do, that's fine. But right. But the banter back and forth with listeners, I'm fine doing it off the air on the phone, and okay. I made a lot of friends that way over the years. But uh, but doing it on the air just never appealed to me. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. But this was just a, a just a progression for you. You just yeah. figured. This is cool.
2: Yeah. And so I helped them get jams on the air, which was what was really funny as we had set up an answering machine so that listeners could call in when we switched from country oh, to jams. Oh. I wish I had kept some of those oh, messages because, man. you know, I my firstborn, they wanted to kill, but whatever. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, that was interesting. But so then, yeah, I transitioned from country to do talk, I started out doing a talk show on on WROW from three to six. We were called the Bitch and Babes. Okay. Not my choice. No. (laughs) The Bitch and Babes. It was me and a woman named Betsy Kapner who had never done radio before.
1: Interesting.
2: She worked in sales in radio. Okay.
1: So she knew the business a bit.
2: A bit. Um, and yeah, so we were, you know, it was kind of the show where we would pick whatever issue of the day or news story of the day and kind of, you know, one would pick one side and the other would pick another side. Oh, okay. And, and, you know, as you said, it's all theater of the mind, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, when I'm doing music radio, I believe everything that I'm saying because I love the music. But sometimes in talk, you're playing a bit of a role. Yeah, yeah. Which I say that to all of the people who listen to Talk know that the people who are on the air yes. are sometimes playing a role. Exactly. Um, You know, Rush Limbaugh didn't believe everything that came out of his mouth, it's just true. so you know. It's true, Um, but But, uh, so I would be happy, you know, we, we would sit down for our meeting with our producer, we would decide what topics we were going to talk about. And I would say, well, you can pick whatever side you, you want hmm. to go on. And, you know, because I wanted to make her comfortable. She was new to all uh, sure. of this. Sure, that
1: makes sense. Yeah. Good. And
2: don't sure. get me wrong. I was very nervous because I had never done talk before. Yeah. Very nervous. But at least I knew radio and she didn't know that. So I wanted to make her comfortable. So we did, you know, we, we did the show. And as the show went on, she got angrier and angrier with me because... She thought I was constantly fighting with her, and I would Ooh. say, "You know, we're just this is the show. It's yeah, just a show, is, right? It's, exactly. This is entertainment. Exactly. Yeah, yeah." But she, she, you know, couldn't get it. Mm. And uh, long story short, uh, a year into our tenure, we were doing a show together. We went to a commercial break. She got up out of her chair. I assumed to go to the ladies' room. Oh no! Got up, got out of her chair. Got her stuff, walked out of the building, and never came never back. Never
0: came back. <laughs> wow. No.
1: How much time did you have left in the show? About an hour. <laughs> oh, jeez. Jamie.
2: Oh, <laughs> man.
1: Yeah. Nothing like live radio. Oh, nothing oh, like man. it. No. Nothing
2: like it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so the show continued. I finished out the show, and then I got another partner uh, <laughs> whose name was Joe. Okay. Uh, Joe LaRosi was his name. And it was the Jamie and Joe show. Okay. And, uh, same kind of format. Oh, well, that's
1: cool. Yeah. Just didn't call the bitch and babes anymore.
2: Which I was very happy about. <laughs> um, I think I still have a shirt that says bitch and babes. All right. Cool. Yeah. Cool. I mean, like. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I forgot. I was actually put on my WTRY shirt that oh. I have have left for my days working with you. Oh. And I got Forgot all about
2: oh, it. Oh, look at that!
1: But do but, uh, you like the one I got? I do like if you the one you that. have. Yeah, yeah.
2: I would like a shirt like that. I got to find out where you yeah, got that. Yeah, that, that actually nice. came With from the online meter. somewhere. Yeah, it's yeah. a
1: volume unit meter, as we call it, the VU meter in the business. Uh, and they don't really make them the VU meters like that no. anymore. They're all digital. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I found this online, so you, you, you'll I'll find look for it somewhere. I'll definitely
2: yeah. look for it because yeah. that's nice. I Come, like it. Comes
1: in multiple colors.
2: Oh well, I like the blue. The blue is lovely. It looks lovely on you. Thank you. Yeah. Anyway, so then, uh, so, so did, it's cho-
1: Joe and Jamie, did, did Jamie, the, the, and Jamie and Joe. Jamie okay, and I, I figured you should have had top billing. Well, thank okay, you. Jamie I and it. Joe. I had, Good.
2: Uh, Jamie and Joe, and we did it for a year. Wow. And uh, yeah, and then Paul decided to go. And well, the truth is, is that Paul was also in the process of trying to buy his station yes. and and do all that. So, um, you know, he just kind of decided this. He didn't want to have to worry about that afternoon show yeah. anymore. So kind of decided to end the show, um, which was fine. And so stop doing that. I was helping B95, which was another station in our cluster, right. um, with some of the stuff that they needed done with their logs and stuff. Um, there were some programs, computer programs at the time that, uh, me and one other person in the building were the only pe- two people who knew how to do it. Mm. And I only knew because I decided I just wanted to learn. Sure. Um, So I was staying and helping B95 with that uh, when I got a call from Dennis Lammy, who was the head of the uh, what was then the Clear Channel cluster. Exactly.
1: Yep. Yep. They had uh, Uh come in and and bought out uh, a bunch of stations. It was a interesting combination, which eventually sorted itself out. Um, You know, at the time the FCC rules were you couldn't have more than a certain amount of um, uh, audience or share or something. Mm-hmm. you know. And, and at one point, they had two of the biggest stations in the market, and they weren't allowed to. But anyway, it settled down, and he yes. brought you over for, for who?
2: For TRY.
1: Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. So uh,
2: at the time Rick Mitchell was doing mornings, they yep. were looking for a partner for Rick. So I came over, uh, you know, Rick and I did a, a practice show just to make sure everybody was happy with what they heard. Mm-hmm. They were. Uh, <laughs> said goodbye to Albany Broadcasting on good terms, all fine. Good. And, um, yeah, started working with, uh, with Rick uh, on, on TRY. Uh, we did the morning show together for a, about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Rick was let go. And uh, then John Gabriel and I did there the show you go. together. Just
1: had lunch with John a couple uh, days ago. Good man. He sends his best.
2: Good man. He's such yeah. a good man. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and Gabe and I did the show together, gosh, I, I want to say maybe eight years. Yeah. 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 It was a long time. Absolutely. It was a long time. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's
1: right. Uh, I, I came over there um, after having been at the river for about eight years, seven or eight years. Um, Had uh, when when Clear Channel came in, they said, "Okay, we don't need part timers on the weekends anymore. We're going to voice track the weekends with our full timers." Right. So I'm out of a job from the river. Right. And for a few months, uh, actually went over to Albany Broadcasting and learned the learned the board at B95. Okay. And thought that I was going to you know do some swing work and vacation work for them at least. Okay. Um, Because I was doing all part time at the time. I you know had a full time job. So um, I get um, I, I get the training that I needed for B95 and then about a month goes by without a shift they hadn't started me yet and Randy McCartan calls me and he says uh, he had been my boss at the river Mm -hmm. he said now I'm in charge of TRY would you like to come back to Clear Channel and and, you know work at uh, TRY so that's when we started uh, working together you're talking probably about 2002 does that sound about right yeah Yeah. Yeah. I went over there
2: in 2000 yeah yeah. 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 so that's about it yeah um yeah, yeah, which was great. It was great to have you there. It was great to, I mean, you were fantastic. Oh, I, you thank know. you. Well, no, really, I mean, you're incredibly talented, A. It was also <laughs> nice you. to have someone who could actually fill in if you yeah, wanted to take yeah. a break. You um, know?
1: And, and I really enjoyed that stuff, You know, you know being yeah. in, able to fill in for you. R- right up, actually, to after I was actually unceremoniously let go back in uh, in early 2020, um, because this past January, you were all set to do the big WGY anniversary show, uh, the the live um, you know play that we were going to do on, and you had to back out due to health reasons and family reasons. Yeah, and uh, and I subbed for you one more time. And
2: I am eternally <laughs> grateful.
1: Well, I'm grateful to you because it was probably my swan song on, on you know commercial radio as far as I, I I don't I don't expect to go back to it. Um, but to get that one last chance to do something I always wanted to do oh, was cool. to be in a radio play. Oh. So I, 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 you were in my prayers for days. Oh. I'm saying, oh, my God. Yeah, I hope everything's fine with Jamie and her mom and everything, but... But this is fantastic opportunity for me to go out, you know, doing something that I'd always wanted to do. Oh, a radio so li- play. Can I tell you yeah.
2: that makes what was a really tough situation yeah. uh, for my yeah. family, but that that puts a little sunshine on it. Well, so I'm happy to hear that. I'm
1: I'm happy to let you know that. Really so, happy uh, to hear
2: that. That's <laughs> yeah. No, I am. That means yeah. that means a lot. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah.
1: So what was um, it like? Let, let's let, yeah, you've had some morning partners now. How did uh, yeah. Rick fit into this for your uh, time you were working with um, him?
2: You know, I, I had known Rick from my time. I'm at uh, K-Lite, because Rick was doing mornings at yep, K-Lite when I was true. over there. Yeah. Um, and we always got along fine, not a problem. Doing mornings with him was uh, just a, a bit different. You know, when you do mornings or with someone or your partner up on any kind of show, and I'm sure it's just like this in an office, you know, you you... Learn things about each other that usually only a husband or a wife. That's true. You yes. Know? Yep. Yep. Um, you know, your work husband, your work wife, exactly. you will. Exactly. Uh, and, you know, so we certainly learned a lot about each other. You know what? <laughs> um, Rick is a very talented guy. I grew up listening to Rick on the radio. Yeah. I mean, and when I think of if someone had to say to me, you know, what made you think that you would want to get into radio? Listen, Waking up and listening to Rick. There you go. You know, back in the day when I was in school, you know, it hmm. meant everything. Mm-hmm. You, know, yep. I, you know, Fred Peabody and all oh, his cast gosh, of yeah. characters yeah, yeah. and everything.
1: Well, there's John you know. Knott again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: So uh, loved it, loved it. And Rick is really talented. Rick just wasn't a guy who appreciated what was in front of him. That's all. Okay. You know, yeah. That's all. Yeah. It, he, it happens. You know. Sure. I, I think sometimes when you know, radio in the '70s when he was doing a morning show mm-hmm. was when the DJs were the yes. gods. Yeah.
1: A lot changed over the 20 years from then. Yeah. A lot has yeah. changed. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and the 20 years since
3: then, since yeah. 2002. Yeah. And so I just think
2: that was a a hard thing for him to get that that's not what mm-hmm. it was anymore right mm-hmm. now. Yeah? Yep. Um, and I would feel badly for him because I am, I, I try to be, listen, I am by no far a perfect <laughs> human being, but I try to be a person who appreciates what I have right now, yes. you know, because I, yeah. I may have had a million dollars, you know, five years ago, but do I have enough money to eat today? Yeah. Then it's a good day, <laughs> yeah. you know? Exactly. Um. Yeah. So that's, you know, kind of the person I try to be. And unfortunately, I I don't think Rick could get there. No, and, bad. and so that made it difficult. He wasn't, he wasn't very happy. He just, you know, he just wasn't very happy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um so there there were some things that happened o- over the course of the time none that had to do with me but Rick had some trouble with management and ultimately um he was let go about a like i say a year and a half year and eight months into our tenure together
1: so did you and john click immediately or was that also no john
2: and i had a a, uh, we we were great yeah Uh, yeah. and he
1: was already at the station he
2: was doing afternoons exactly yeah so we had known each other we were friends sure and uh yeah and so uh before Rick was let go, they had called me in and said, it's going to be you and John. Are you cool with that? Well, absolutely, let's do it. Um, and we did. And at that point, we were working at the bunker. Ah oh, God rest <laughs> it. Um, we were at the bunker. For, for the-, the
1: uninitiated, the bunker <laughs> is the WTRY and at one time, uh, WPYX, pix 106. Uh, studios, uh, and it was the TRI transmitter site. Yes. And the WTRY, yeah, WTRY road is still there leading to it. It's off of Route 7 in Niskayuna, Latham-Niskayuna. And um, yeah, and it really, when you pulled up outside, it's just this big block building, and it became known as The Bunker. The
2: Bunker. Yeah. yeah. And you would do your work there with the spiders and the snakes and the mice.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And have a wonderful
2: t- And learn not to fear any of yeah, them. Yeah,
1: right. It's, it's it's down along the Mohawk, so it was in a swampy area, so yeah. you had all that stuff that went with it.
2: Yeah, and yeah. Gabe and I had a pact that I would, I didn't mind snakes, so I would take care of the snakes <laughs> in the building, but I hated spiders, <laughs> so he would take care of the spiders. So.
1: <laughs> That's a panic. That's a panic.
2: Um, yeah. Yeah, so no, Oh, Gabe and I were great you know we worked at the bunker then we moved into our new I hit the microphone again sorry, uh, sorry. I'm Italian I talk with my hands yes you too um, so uh, and then we moved to our where we are now at 1203 Choice Troy Road and we were great I mean I, I loved working with Gabe yeah. I did yeah. like, you know we're, we're not working together by no fault of my own and by no hand of my own you Yeah, know? yeah. we had uh, you know we went from Clear Channel to iHeartMedia Media. Um, and iHeartMedia decided to let go a lot of people yeah. across the country. Yeah. A lot of people decided to let people go, and unfortunately, Gabe and, was one of those. people. And that was
1: only the start of many such purges. You know, uh, and yeah, uh, we, you know, we can sit and talk what the business is you know now compared to what it was but it's everything changes yeah. i mean when you stop and think about it what did the blacksmith do after the cor- horseless carriage came right. along you know right. and so now radio is just not anywhere near what it was when when we started out Especially yeah. when I started out, and again, radio DJs were, were gods. You got right. them on the phone, and you go, oh "My God, I'm talking to this right. person." And and unfortunately, it's it's just not that way with the corporate structure the way it is right, right. now, right. and the fact that um, how how live are you uh, when you're on the air at the moment?
2: I'm, I'm live uh, from six to about nine fifteen.
1: Okay, okay. Yeah. So th- and that's more than actual some some morning shows yeah. are yeah. these days, but it's mostly just the morning shows that live yeah oh yeah yeah. the rest yeah. of the day uh yeah. not uh, so
2: i want to make sure i'm not lying that's true on all of our stations yeah, Locally, uh, yeah. morning shows are the only thing that are, are live yeah, yeah that's yeah. true that's and true. so
1: that really changed it for a lot of us uh and yeah. and i had i had never done a, uh, the only live that i did uh, on the 18 years that i was at wtry the second time around mm-hmm. in, in the Uh, from 2002 to 2020. The only live radio I ever did was when I was... uh, either at occasionally at a remote location, which we, we did a little bit, but not very much. Most of that was just in-person stuff. Okay. Um, but I would go down the hall and sit for a little while on Saturday mornings with Joe Gallagher. And I'd be live on GY right. for 10, 15 minutes, just going back and forth right. and making each other laugh and hopefully keeping the audience you know, <laughs> laughing. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, so I the last 18 years of my life, it was all what we call voice tracking. Yeah. And it was all, uh, and, and but it presented a new challenge, as I'm yeah. sure does for you to be able to sound live when you're not
2: absolutely yeah absolutely it does it does and you know it's like you said about everything changing it's um you know i am the first person to admit that i am resistant to change (laughs) (laughs) but because i love radio so i still 34 years later love what i get to do in that room And so if it means that I have to change something to still be able to get to do what I do in that room, then I'll do it. Even if I don't agree with the change, I don't (laughs) like the change. If I'm still enjoying what I get to do in those four walls, then I will... Go ahead. I'll stick mm, the needles in my eyes if go. I have to. Yeah. You know?
1: And I just remembered when you said that, the other thing I thought about before you got here that you were the, uh, unique with, and that is you are the youngest I've person I've spoken to so far. Wow. Yeah, yeah because almost everybody I've talked to is either no longer in the business, they've retired. Okay. Um, or if they're still in the business, they've been in it for 40 plus years okay. and, and then thir- okay. you're in your 34th. Um, yeah. So yeah, so you're the youngest person I've talked to so wow, far Wow, I haven't too.
2: been the youngest at anything in a long time. So I'll take it. I, I'll take it. That's why I invited you. I
1: wanted to make you feel good. Well, you did. Yeah. I'll, I'll take that anytime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what's um, the average day like for you these days compared to, again, back when you were, you're still getting a up early, obviously, because yeah. you're 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 live, uh, yeah. you know, for those hours. So that part hasn't changed. But what happens, uh, you know, uh, as the day goes on?
2: Um. Well, now, and and let me go back if I can, if you Please. don't mind. Oh, absolutely. To pandemic. Oh. Um. You know. Uh, during pandemic, we had the option, and a lot of people took the option, to work from home.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, it wouldn't be live, for obvious reasons, yeah. but you could, for all intents and purposes, get a computer and a microphone and some headphones, and you can record your show. Yeah, just like I
1: did to get this podcast. Yeah. That's all you need.
2: That's all you need. <laughs> there you go. That's all you need. Um, yeah. And, you know, I know... Quite a few people in the area, not just at our stations, but at other stations mm-hmm. in the area that did that, that yep. chose to do that. Yep. Um, I, I couldn't do it. I didn't do it. I worked every single day I went into the office. For me, and this goes back, you know, I need the vibe. I need to f-
3: mm. feel, mm. you
2: know, I like that drive into work when it's dark and mm-hmm. I know the sun is going to rise. Because yeah. for me, I want to feel what the listeners are feeling you know because if i'm sitting in my closet you know with my headphones on and a microphone it takes me out of what i'm really doing yeah you know it takes me out of the time of day it takes me out of who i'm talking to and you know going all the way back to the new school when you know tommy hahn and charlie mertz and dick stark god love them Mm. uh You know, told me, remember, you're talking to your best friend. There you go. You know, um, that has stuck with me for 34 years. And if I was sitting in my closet, all I would be thinking is I would never be talking with my friend sitting in a closet. (laughs) So. So, yeah, I went into work every single day. It's because I love that feeling. I love that feeling and ultimately mm-hmm. if it came down to i had to work from home i don't know that that would have the same
1: interesting penalty. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Well, that makes that makes sense um so you get in but, there at uh you know 5 30 going on six o'clock in the morning a little a uh, little like, earlier a little earlier
2: than that oh, okay. i get in All around right. five okay cool um yeah I, what i do is i'll wake up at 3 30 I'll sit up in bed with my iPad and go through all my entertainment sites and go through the news and see everything that's happened. Mm -hmm. So you'd be surprised the amount of news and stuff that can happen while you're sleeping when you go to bed at 7.30 at night. Sure. So, (laughs) um, So I do all of that and, you know, prep some stuff and go into work and... Uh, you know, just write out some stuff of things I want to do. Now, every day on my show, I do something called The Social Dilemma, yeah. which has been the most popular part of the show for a few years now, mm-hmm. thankfully. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have to make sure that's all set and all good to go. Cause the job isn't just on the air anymore. You have to write blogs now. Yes, you,
1: know? you do. You to, and you have to be on social media.
2: You have to be on social media and you have to make sure all of that is up and running. And, and so some of that gets done before I get on the air. Some of it gets done after I get off the air, but so doing all that. And then I start live at six o'clock and roll from there. And, uh, like I said, I'm live till about nine fifteen. I'll voice track that last forty five minutes because it's really only a couple of breaks because we're in a music sweep. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm.
1: And you're working down the hall from a gentleman that you worked with at Fly ninety two many am. years ago, Mike He's Patrick. He's my, my news guy. Yeah, He's the
2: TROI news guy among the GY news guy <laughs> and the River news guy
1: and uh, throughout New England news guy. There you yeah, go. yeah, all
2: yeah. that. Yeah, I've, I always thought it was crazy interesting that Mike helped me get my job at Fly, one Mm -hmm. of my first jobs. And then it was flipped around when he was coming to interview for G.Y. And I'll never forget him sitting in the lobby and my seeing him. And I said, what are you doing here? It's so great to see you. And he said, I'm I'm applying for G.Y. Can you put in a good word? And I was like, yeah, of course. yeah, I did. And I just, I loved... I love when life spins around a little bit.
1: That's yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. I learned it very early on because the first uh, person that hired me at, at WSNY, Don mm-hmm. DeRosa, who had come from WPTR, as uh, and then he came over as the program director at SNY and started, started at rock and roll. Before that, it had been beautiful music, easy listening type music. Um, he, about two and a half years after I left there, shows up at the radio station in Saratoga where I'm working, looking for work. And I'm thinking, well, this is interesting because here I am, you know, 20 years old or so, and uh, he's got quite a few years on me. Mm -hmm. And here he was, a program director at a, you know, in the market. And now here he is outside the market, sure. you know, looking at a small station to see if he can find a job, which he did, there wasn't anything available at mm-hmm. the time. So yeah. all it was, was, hey, Don, great to see you. And, you know, right. uh, go in for your interview. Let me know what happens. And that's the last I saw yeah. of him, you know. Yeah. Uh, and it had happened uh, one other time where I was working outside the business and somebody I'd worked with in the business came looking for work and knocked on the door at the um, um uh, recording studio that I was working at at the time and once again you th- this guy was at the top of his game just a few years ago and yeah. now here he is knocking on doors so it's it is a crazy business in that respect it is you, you must feel lot. I mean here you've been with the same company now for going on 20 years. okay there you go yeah. 22 years yeah. yeah and that doesn't happen often anymore
2: It really doesn't, Uh, listen, never once, and it sounds cliche, but listen, I am blessed and I know it, Uh, you know, I really, and again, I, this is how I feel. I worked for the state. I worked for those alcohols. God knew those were not the places well, I belong. There you go. Yeah. That I needed to find my people. Yeah. And I walked into that new school and I knew these are my people. Sure. And sure. that was it. I mean, yeah. listen, radio people are our own ilk as it is everywhere. You sure. Know, sure. Computer programmers are their own ilk. Teachers are their own ilk. Mm-hmm. Radio people are, you know, and- Yeah. These are my people.
1: Now, not, not to slight anybody and not to say that they aren't fun to be around, but you do have a separate life outside of radio, which I didn't learn to do for a while. And it actually cost me my first marriage, to be honest with you. Because that's how dedicated to the business I was and wasn't paying attention to my personal life. And my personal life consisted of my work friends joining me on the weekends and partying and doing stuff like that. And so it it, it all fell apart because of that. My very smart wife now of 44 years, um, pointed out to me that uh, she went to one radio party, one party wow. early on in our our, our uh, we weren't even married yet. Maybe I don't know. I think we were still going out together, and she said that this isn't the crowd for me. I'm I'm not comfortable. Uh, I know you like these people. I know, I know they're probably fine people, but. Mm-hmm. Um, But I, I really, and so that is what, that's part of why we lasted the 44 years, you know, of course I still see these people uh, and and, a lot of times on my own and, and she still, you know, sees them obviously when they're coming here for the interview, she gets to catch up and and we enjoyed having you you and and your, your lovely wife here a couple of years ago uh, for an evening. So, I mean, we, we have those relationships, but it's, it was a completely, once I left the, you know, the radio station. It was it was time to concentrate on the family. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And, you know, when I was younger and new to the business, I was not unlike you. It was all radio all the time, yeah. even on my off time. But um, when I was in my early 30s, my dad passed away suddenly. Mm. He uh, mm. wasn't ill, nothing. Ultimately, he had an aneurysm. Oh. I only tell the story because we didn't know he was going yeah, to pass. sure. But he did, he passed suddenly, and it, you know what, it taught me just a really important lesson that we all say we know, which is, you know, it could end at any moment, you true. know, life is short, enjoy it, blah, 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 all those cliches. But in that moment, when that happened, I knew, oh, all that stuff is really true, Yeah. so make the best of what you have, true. and yeah. um So, yeah, and I love radio and I, you know, will do it until either I choose it's not time or they say, (laughs) here's the door. Thank you for your service. Yep. Um, But I also knew then... That it can't be the only thing. Yes. That it can't be yes. the only thing. Yes. That's all. And well, that's what my wife taught me. Yeah. 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 And I'm lucky enough to be married to someone who is not at all enamored by radio. In <laughs> fact, could care less about it.
1: <laughs> right.
2: She cares about my job, she sure. cares about my friends who I have introduced her yeah. to. But in terms of you're on the radio, isn't that cool? Can we get yeah. concert tickets? Oh. Can we? She could yeah. care. My less. my
1: wife was never impressed with any of that. Stuff. No, yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, which is why I always say she is the perfect one for me. <laughs> there you I go. mean yeah. That, yeah. you know. <laughs> the last thing I would need is someone feeding my ego. So, exactly, you know.
1: exactly. No, um, she's always kept me grounded, and that's. You know, that's helped. And she's the one that said to me, you know, uh, when when I was fired for the... I I worked for 17 years without getting fired in the business. So when I got fired... And um, she said to me, you know, I I know you could get another radio job, but maybe there's something else out there that you would enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. I I just didn't know what I'd been educated for at that point. And it turns out sales and marketing were in my blood because that's what you do when you're on the radio pretty much. I just turned it into a completely different industry and and went that direction for the rest of my life. Of course, having to get back into radio part-time because... I was 11 when I walked into a radio station oh, and gosh, said this is what wow. I want to do. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean I left there and said I can't wait to go back in there again and I did a few weeks later. Uh and and so 11 years old and and I just had that uh, you knew. Uh, I knew and by the yeah. time I was 16 I was doing it. God so, bless. So yeah, yeah, That's so amazing. but uh it gets in your blood and it's always going to be there which is why I enjoy the back and forth that I do here even if it's sure. just once a month. It's fun being on the microphone. It's 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 fun, you know, talking to I folks. I love it. Yeah. And this finding, is great. You know, like minds and and different paths. And that, that's what yeah. I like about yours. It was, you know, a little later than mine. Mm-hmm. You know, you started like 18, 19 years after I did, you wow. know? So yeah. so you've seen um, you know, the change a little earlier in in your, uh, you know, in your career because I'm hoping that you have another good 20 years left in you. Bite you your
2: know? tongue. I <laughs> hope I don't
1: hope that. <laughs> Well, I'll
2: take five. How's that? But
1: there are a lot out there. A lot of folks out there that just never you know want to say goodbye. And if they're yeah. talented enough, they really don't have to. That's true. There there That's are some uh, many plus seventy uh, you know uh, radio folks out there that are doing just fine in their markets, and uh, you know they're yeah. You know,
2: yeah, I I mean, here's what I do know about me. When and if I do retire, when I retire, God willing, when I retire. <laughs> I would not be able to do that until I had a specific plan for what I was going to be doing with my time. Not a bad idea. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because I, I like having a purpose. Sure. I like waking up and having a purpose. And uh, sometimes even on the weekend, I'm yeah. like, what am I doing? Yeah. I? You know.
1: See, now that, that's so. where we differ. Yeah. You're, well, yeah. you're a free man now, Yeah. And, so. and the, I retired from full-time work about four years ago, and I'm just enjoying every second of it. You saw the... The patio and the garden outside where I spend a lot of my time uh, in the summertime, obviously. And uh, yeah, no, I, 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 that's fine. If I wake up with not a lot to do now, I, I do like to have something on the horizon to look forward to. We okay. do. Okay. Uh, we do a weekly breakfast with the retired guys in the neighborhood, How which nice. is cool, you know, and that keeps some keep looking forward to, and these monthly chats that I have with, mm-hmm. with old friends. And then every couple of months, we got to get you back to these lunches. Every couple of months, uh, we get together with a bunch of uh, old, I call it the old dead radio guys lunch. <laughs> Uh you know, Dead guys and girls and there girls, oh yeah, and there are a few you know, yeah. I'm happy to say and yeah. and you you've made a a couple of them over the years, but um so we never really got to what happens i mean you're done on the air, but you know they don't hear your voice after ten or eleven o'clock in the morning, right. but you're right. still I'm there sorry. for yeah. a few more hours still
2: there for a few more hours, uh, uh, prepping some of what's going to happen for the next day, sure. show. um doing production, obviously right uh, commercials which is and such. commercials and things like that, promotions, right. but there's a whole lot you know now because a lot of our stuff is voice tracked and it comes from other markets you know mm-hmm. that the air personalities you hear don't necessarily live in albany mm-hmm. you know so you're constantly in contact with them sending them information about what's going on in the area so they know what to talk about you know you don't yeah. want them talking about cleveland ohio when exactly. they're on the hair, air air <laughs> here so that's all part of it you know um so yeah i'll be there until depending on the day um Noontime, you know, one o'clock at the latest, probably. There you go, yeah. Uh, Yeah, and then I'll head home, and depending on what my responsibilities are for the day, you know, give myself a few hours of (laughs) whatever happens to be. You know, there was a time when I first started working at at then Clear Channel, now iHeart, I was not only doing the morning show on TRY, but I was also doing a talk show on GY. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so I did talk on GY part-time, probably for six years or so wow that long yeah because i did for a while i did a news show i would do a two-hour news show on sunday and then i didn't want to do that anymore because the news got crazy (laughs) and then um and then i did a pet talk show for two years there you go yeah i remember that yeah yeah Yeah. and then i would fill in (laughs) you know that was back when al roney was doing uh uh, midday's there, so I would do my morning show on TRY, wrap it up, and literally run down the hall so that I could get on GY and do talk there from ten to one.
1: Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah.
2: I know, but I, you know what? The thing I the thing I always felt about talk. I always felt like talk was the true challenge of if I could really think on my feet, you know?
1: Well, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially now that everything's voice tracked. You yeah. don't have to be as quick uh, with the tongue and as, as you know, uh, again, yeah. you know, fast on your feet. Uh, but back in the day when we were doing live, you know, uh, you know spinning the records ourselves and, right. and all that stuff. Um, it was uh, it was a very different challenge than than what it is you know today. It was so that so talk being live and being the fact that you have no idea what the next person is going to say or do, um, you you really have to be nimble. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you know, some days you fly and some days you fall. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, exactly. But yeah. I did always love that challenge. I did. I mean, because. Cool. You know, as you say, when I got into the business, and we were spinning records, mm-hmm. you know, and you would do all of that and everything was live. You didn't have an option for it not being That's live. That's true, yeah. You know, and then you went from that and then I went to carts and then you, you know, uh, went to CDs and now everything is a computer. You yeah. know, I press yeah. a button and it's, yep. it's done. Yeah. Um, I do miss, and I'm sure you do as well, I do miss, you know, the talent that it took to mix the records together perfectly. And, uh, you know, I would love doing that mm -hmm. and getting it to sound just right.
1: There was something about finishing a four or five hour shift and, you know, stepping outside the studio and saying, I just did a great job yeah. to yourself. You you yeah. you you think I I didn't play anything at the wrong speed. Right. <laughs> <You> right. <laughs> know? I I I w- when I was talking up to the intro on the record, I hit I hit all of them, you know, just perfectly. Perfect. I never talked over any singers I, I, and you'd leave the studio going, that that was felt good, you know. It's yeah. True. And and today it's not quite the same because you are putting you know a lot of times you're you're not live and uh, you're putting things into a computer
2: yeah um, yeah I mean even live it's you know because I am live for those three true, three hours true. or so but you know, I'm pressing a button. There is no, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm not mixing two records together, or, you know, making sure everything is flowing perfectly, mm-hmm. you know, I'm hitting a button and I'm speaking. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Remember I, the
1: days where we would try, if you only had three or four voices on your station, you would try not to play two commercials in a row with the same voice. So And true. you had choice over that, That's you know, true. and and, um, and so there there was so much that went in. <sighs> To performing, you know, back in the uh, in the eighties when you started, and obviously earlier than that for yeah, me. Yeah, I loved all that. Um, it was I did. quite the challenge. Although yeah. I
2: love a lot of the stuff now. I mean, there's so many different computer programs now. I, you know, never in my wildest dreams being not at all computer savvy. Let me just say. <laughs> okay. Uh, did I ever think that I would have the knowledge to use all the different programs that we have to use? There you go. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, to do what we do. So, I mean, I do like that. Like I said, I. I I enjoy the learning. You're still, yeah. I do.
1: And you're I still, still enjoying enjoy what it. you do and that's the important part. Because if you're not enjoying it, the audience is going to know that pretty oh, quick. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. They're
2: yeah. going to feel it, they're going to hear yeah. it. They're yeah. going to No, I do. I I there are days I wish I didn't, you know, and I'm mm-hmm. sure you can understand what I'm saying because sure. I I I do really love it. I will say, though, that now that I'm a little bit older, but still the youngest person in here, (laughs) Um, just want to remind everybody so I'm not that old, Uh, there are days now when I can imagine not doing it. And sure. for a long sure. time, yeah. I could not. That yeah. I could not ever imagine not doing it. Yeah. I thought I would die if I wasn't doing it.
1: My uh, late mother-in-law always used to say, everything happens for a reason. Mm. And when I was let go in twenty early 2020, I, I said, okay, the, 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 maybe you know, maybe it's time. Yeah. I, I, I really was... Not terribly upset about it. Yeah. Now, of course, I was only on once a week. But and I was only working two or three hours a week at the station to put together six hours and some commercial work. Right. You know, on the station. So it wasn't that a big part of my life was going to be uh, missing. But at the same time, uh, it was the end of over 50 years of being right. on the radio. And that's it. And, yeah. yeah. And and realizing this could be it. and uh, But it, it didn't bother me as much as I thought it would. Within a few weeks, I said, you know, I really don't miss it. Yeah. And I don't think, uh, even though I had some opportunities to maybe get back into it, um, decided no. I, COVID came along and kind of put those on hold. Right. And since then, uh, nobody's knocking on the door. And, I, you know, I don't know if I'd answer.
2: Yeah. Well, I would always <laughs> knock on the door if I had the power. So there. Um, but, yeah. No. I mean, uh-huh. like I said, it's good to know that I won't
1: die yeah you there you go it, there so. you go yeah, yeah. very good yeah. well Jamie this has been terrific catching up with you and uh, really and I know you've had some challenges of late um, you know I, I know your your mom uh, went through COVID and uh, some other things have happened uh, you know in the last few months and uh, just know that we're thinking about you Thank you, and that uh, we just still enjoy you know listening to you You're very and good. Uh, and uh, that you're a real pro and um, it's been you know great working with you over the years and it's been don't, my pleasure don't be I'm honored stranger. to call you a stranger friend yeah thank thank you very much we'll talk again soon
0: thank you radio split ranch
1: once again i have to thank jamie not only for her love of radio which is so evident when you listen to her but for knowing when she needs some time off because of her, I got the chance to emcee some area concerts and events at uh, places like SPAC, the Empire State Plaza, the Egg, when she'd say to the boss, I need some time off, can I ask Chris to sub for me? Mm -hmm. Before she left the Radio Split Ranch after our interview, we performed our now traditional call her count and found that she's made 10 stops along the way, bringing our running count of 11 guests to a total of 120 radio stations. A few weeks ago, I texted one of my oldest and dearest friends to ask him if he would consent to an interview here, only to learn that he was in the last days of his seven-year fight with prostate cancer, so I never got the opportunity to chronicle the life of a man who defined, to know him is to love him, before the beloved Mark Kaplan was taken from us, too, too soon." Thanks to Mark's longtime boss, Darren Scott Kibbe at WVCR, the saint at Siena College. I'm able to share the interview Mark did with me a few years ago on his weekly show called Saints Stories. We talked about the publishing of my first memoir, but the important thing to listen for here is Mark's interview style. It's the true definition of conversational. Miss you, Mark. Always will. Your loss makes it difficult to live up to my traditional show closing, don't cry because it's over. Smile
0: because it happened. I'm Mark Kaplan, and this is Saint Stories, and I have been personally looking forward to this show for a long, long time. One of my really good friends in life, in radio, anywhere, is my guest. But hang on, hang on. We're not going to talk about how he's my friend. <laughs> We're talking about how he's written a book called I'll Have to Ask My Mom. His name is Warren Garling, and in uh, Truth and Truth Advertising, he is on the radio using the name Chris Warren. Hey, Warren right. Garland, Chris Warren, what should I call you?
1: Well, uh, call me Warren since you have for about uh, 45 years now, I think.
0: <laughs> that's right. Well, you know,
1: we've, we've known each other. Well, you knew me before I knew you, but you didn't know it was me. Should we tell him what that's about? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. You used to listen to me on the radio when I was actually Jesse James on uh, the old WSNY in Schenectady back in the late 60s. And then I met you. And I said, oh, my gosh, I used to listen to you on WVCR every afternoon <laughs> and you used to make me laugh. And we became you know, friends from there on. in."
0: But the strange thing is then we'll get into the book and all kinds of things. We, this is going to be way too easy an interview. The other strange thing is your real name is Warren Garling mm-hmm. and I knew you as Warren Garling. And then you were Chris Warren. And I would say, I'd be talking to you on the radio. I'd be saying, well, Chris this, well, Chris that. Then I'd turn off the microphone and say, hey, Warren, can we, I don't know how my brain. That's interesting.
1: Yeah. Because I have a lot of people that I've worked for over the years that say, I'm not going to call you by your real name because I'll accidentally do that on the, on the radio. Yeah. I was able to. Well, if you remember back, I worked at one station as the news director as Warren Garling during the week. And then on Saturday nights, I was Chris Warren for six hours. playing Music.
0: Yeah. Right. So. okay, so this is interesting because everybody's interested in radio. So the book is called I'll Have to Ask My Mom. It's a radio journey. Why did you write this book?
1: Um, Oh, because I retired and had nothing better to do, (laughs) to be very honest with you. Actually, I started. This is really kind of crazy. We got our first computer. Uh, back in the early 90s, our first home computer, our first PC. And I, f- I found that my fingers just flew across the keyboard. And I thought, well, what can I do on here that you know, might be fun to just constantly be on the keyboard? And so I started writing the memoir Wow! about my days in radio. Well, you're, we're talking almost 25 years ago now. So that was a false start. <laughs> and then about 15 years ago, I started again. I got a new keyboard that was even cooler. And, and I started it again And I looked at that about uh, 10 years ago and I said, well, all the humor in that is now dated. So I started it all over again, pretty much last spring when I was uh, on the, uh, you know, it started in my den and then continued on the back patio and, uh, and just spent most of last year, you know, writing about the fun I've had getting into radio. That's what most of the book is Mm -hmm. about the early days. And then, you know, from there, what I've been up to.
0: Other than everybody, who do you think should read this book?
1: (laughs) Um, Anybody that's ever toyed with getting into radio, and especially the ones that were smart enough to realize you cannot make a living in radio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to have a second job. You have to do commercials on the side. I mean, it's never been a high-paying job. You do have, obviously, your success stories, and mm-hmm. they go on to make millions. But most of us that toil in radio, including me now part-time, we don't make a whole heck of a lot of money. It's, it's really, I mean, I fell in love with it at 11 and uh, years of age. And and that was it. I was hooked. And, you know, I'm still in love with it.
0: After people read this book, what will they learn is great about radio? Because I know radio is great. You know, radio is great. But <laughs> when they read this book, when they finish it, what will stick out at that?
1: Well, you know, I would almost have to say the people. Okay. I mean, it, it takes a certain person to be able to, as, as you know, Mark, get behind the microphone by yourself in a studio and make any sense of it, okay? <laughs> Whether it's between records or trying to do a talk show or uh, you know a, a sports commentator, whatever, there, there's something in us that keeps the mouth moving even when we're not sure the brain is supplying it with the correct you know verbiage. <laughs> and so, what I'm suggesting is that if um, again you ever thought about being on the radio, this is going to tell you why people do it and why people stay in it. And why people like me almost 50 years later just uh, would miss it if I didn't have it to do at least once a week, which I'm doing
0: now. Me too. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Our guest is Warren Garling. He uses the name Chris Warren on the radio. Actually, I'll I'll whisper this. He's on 98.3 these days, but don't tell anybody I told you that. Uh, (laughs) The name of his book is I'll Have to Ask My Mom. And that book is written by Warren Garling. Now, I don't want to give up the whole book. You give away the whole well,
1: book. Well, I don't either, because certainly if, if you can spend you know nine ninety five on it, I'd appreciate <laughs> it.
0: But is there one thing, one story that you can give out of the book that won't give it all away just to wet somebody's appetite?
1: Well, yeah. Um, let's uh, let me do the uh, story about uh, how I got the name Chris Warren. Yeah. Okay, because that that that's a fun one. Um, I was a uh, junior in high school when I found I was going to be on the radio, but I'd already my girlfriend who was a, a senior in high school, I was a junior at the time. I already I had been telling her, I'm gonna be on the radio. I'm gonna do it by hook or by crook, and and of course the book talks about how it happens. But um, well before that she said, well, you know, are you gonna have an air name? You know, they you know his real name isn't Boom Boom Brannigan, you know. <laughs> I said, no, it's not, you know, in the phone book as B B Brannigan you know. And uh, she said, no, yeah, you, you have to come up with a, a name. And she says, and I've been thinking about this and she said, uh, her name was Robin. And she said, I always liked how Christopher Robin flowed. Okay? Oh, yeah. And, I, and she liked that character in, in the book, obviously. And so she said, what if you were Christopher Warren? And I said, oh, I, I like that. I, I really do. So um, I get all excited because I'm going to be on the radio all of a sudden. And I find out that I don't get to choose my name. The station <laughs> had a jingle for me already with a different name. And that's what I was going to be. So she doesn't realize that I've gone off to college. We broke up. She went off to college. I went off the following year, and I started using the name in college. And she didn't know about that until many years later. Hmm. So the book goes into how she found out that I was using it and and uh, how we reunited and uh, you know, that sort of thing. But,
0: uh, yeah, fun it, story. No, it is. It's all interesting. Now, you are a local guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people – and, I mean, that's the way the business is. A lot of people are from somewhere else, but you've lived here your whole life. Did it especially mean a lot to you to be on the radio where you live, where you born, where you grew up?
1: Well, I will say now, yes. But back when I was in radio full time, that really wasn't a big consideration. I mean, I actually uh, went to work for a friend of mine in Tupelo, Mississippi uh, once. And, uh, and that was as was far away from here as you can uh, get, especially in 1975. Yeah. And so um, when I was in radio full-time, I was ready to go where the, the pay would be better, the market would be bigger, and I'd have big, you know, more listeners and, and that sort of thing. And then I met my second wife, and she mentioned that she was born and raised here and had a twin that lived a few miles away and was probably mm. never going to move. So if I was ever thinking about you know, changing jobs and going to a new market, That maybe I should give it a second thought if I really loved her. <laughs> yeah, no. and wow. she and, and I and I did and we're still together 41 years later so you know
0: what year did you start in radio uh, 1969 so how has radio changed since then? oh gosh I know I, I'll i go home and come back three hours later <laughs> well, that's probably <laughs> what we
1: could do um, you know a lot of folks complain that it's that it's not the challenge that it used to be uh, because when we first started you and I you did uh you were actually a disc jockey. Yeah. You jockeyed discs between two or three different turntables and they had to be in the right order and come on at the right time and when you ran uh, your own control board, you know, it was an accomplishment when you were done with your hours on the air and you would sit there and go, that was a nice tight shift you'd say. You know, i everything flowed, everything went well or you sat there and said, maybe i should have called in sick this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I've had that happen a couple of times too. So what's happened now? Is and everybody's familiar with the old mouse click. That's pretty much what we're doing in the radio today. It's all in the computer, and we just you know click a button or two and talk, and then click another button or two, and something else happens. Nothing like it it used to be, but we're still trying to make it as exciting and as as uh, as present as we can be because that's what radio is about. It's it's ha- what's happening this moment.
0: So you're so you are enthusiastic about radio as I am. What do you think of the stories that people like to give. Radio's dying. Radio's dead. Nobody listens to radio. It's all yeah, you know, everything's on your phone.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, certainly there's more competition for the two ears that God gave us uh, than there ever has been before, but um to be very honest with you, uh the latest statistics I've uh, seen are that uh weekly at least 92% of Americans tune in the radio for something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that, that sounds to me like a pretty good majority if, if, even if it's only once a week, uh, and there are a lot of people where it's many times a day. So it averages out to be at least once a week, 92% of people still tune in the radio. There's many reasons too, and hopefully many attractions, uh, you know, including yours truly, we'd hope.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and you, thank you. Yeah. Who are you? <laughs> not the name, not Chris Warren. Who are you on the radio? On the radio, are you really you? or is there something on the radio that maybe you change your own personality Mm,
1: if it's a great question mark if you listen to what i sounded like when i first went on the radio i was putting on a persona Mm. and i was i was acting a little bit which was fine because i was in drama club in high school and all that stuff so i i was acting and people would say they'd stand in the studio with me and i'd turn around after a break and turn the microphone off turn around and they go where did you go? That wasn't you on the radio just now. That's, that's somebody else. But I found out through college and really just a couple of years into my career that um, being yourself is really what people tune in for. So pretty much what you hear is, is what you get. I do a lot more preparation these days on the radio and uh, have fun uh, getting ready to do the show than I ever did before. So it's not as much fly by the seat of your pants as it is, you know, knowing what you want to do next.
0: When, yeah, again, when we were working together mm-hmm. at that point in radio, I mean, frankly, we were doing some crazy things on the radio oh, like yeah. that we, you would never do now.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and it was all live, and I, and I don't want to disparage no. the folks um, that, um, that have turned it into a little bit more, I don't want to say it's canned, but a lot of what you hear on the radio today is, is not live at that moment. What the smart announcer does today, the smart we really can't call him a disc jockey anymore. So, air personality does today. You still have to make it sound like it's at that moment. You still have to sound live. Um, I will often, even though I've pre recorded the break, um, when I listen back to it, if there's a hiccup in there somewhere or I've made a mistake, you know, I leave it in there. Yep. That, that's me. That's how it sounded when I did it. I'm not going to redo it just because I misread a word or said
0: something wrong. We are going to have to break in about 45 minutes, 45, 45 seconds, seconds. 45 seconds, yeah. Okay. So, here's the deal um, Warren Garling. W-A-R-R-E-N Garling, G-A-R-L-I-N-G. You wrote a book called I'll Have to Ask My Mom. It's a great book. It's a really great book. How does somebody, and we're, we're going to do more, but just in case, it's Saturday morning now, in case you have to run out and you have to turn the radio off.
1: you going to rake the lawn, you know. I yeah, understand. that's right.
0: But, how, how how can somebody well, see the book, by the I, book?
1: I self-published it through Amazon.com, so that's the easiest thing to do. And they can look it up by I'll Have to Ask My Mom or by my name or Sometimes you just type in radio and all sorts of interesting things pop up. So uh, yeah, thank you for allowing me to, to plug it once or twice here. I appreciate it.
0: Sure. And I went out and I bought the book thank and you. it's a really good book. It Here's really is one. our guest. And we've got a lot more and we're going to get more into radio. I, everybody's interested in radio. So we'll talk a lot more about that. Some funny stories. Our guest is Warren Garling, who uses the name Chris Warren on the radio. He wrote the book. I'll have to ask my mom. And he also said, I said, what do you want me to say? Author, radio personality, Husband and father. Not necessarily in that order. Not necessarily in that order. And uh, we've got a lot more with Chris or with Warren coming right up at 88.3 The Saint. This is so much fun. One of my all-time best friends for many, many years is my guest. And his name is Warren Garling. And he wrote a book called I'll Have to Ask My Mom, A Radio Journey. You are probably, I mean, along with our other friend, John Stanley, Mm -hmm. you probably are, and I guess I'm in there too, one of the longest continuous radio mm-hmm. personalities. Except, does your trip to Mississippi? You know, it, it probably puts
1: a you know cuts it asterisk, in half, yeah. You know, the little asterisk <laughs> exactly when they put me in the Hall of Fame. Um, but yeah, I've really been in the market you know most of my life. Started here, went off to college for a little bit, and then uh, came back here, and then did a a little side trip for eleven months to uh, uh, Mississippi. But uh, since uh, nineteen seventy six, I've been uh, on the radio you know here steadily. You mentioned John Stanley over at uh, our old haunt WGNA. He's still on there weekly, yeah, which makes him the longest tenured at any particular station, right? I mean, we're talking over forty-five years. He's been on GNA, if I'm not mistaken, right right around forty-five years,
0: yeah. And another story about John. We should tell him we're mentioning him. He remember he got the job first because there was a radio. At that point, as you said, there's a DJ who came in at that point, you needed a certain kind of a license. We're not going to get into that. Mm-hmm. He comes in for his first show. His name is Luke. His first name is Luke. He br- puts up his license and he didn't have the little designation the that you, needed. That you yeah. needed in order to oh, So oh, all of a sudden the program director came in and started saying, I don't think he's going to be able to stay. Um, yeah, yeah. Hey, Mark, do you know anybody? And John Stanley was on another radio station, which was like a beautiful music radio station called Wish at that point. But sure. yeah, yeah. anyway, but let's get back to you. Um, I'll have to ask my mom. It's a book. It's a radio journey. It's really funny.
1: And you're um, probably wondering why it's called "I'll Have to Ask My Mom." Yeah, I guess I should explain that part. There you to, go. To, to a point. Uh, again, it's more fun to to read about it in in, in order. But um, basically, what it comes down to is that when I was offered my first job in radio, I wasn't driving yet. It was, I was 16 years old and didn't have a driver's license. Didn't even have a permit. And it was going to be a few months before that happened because, if you remember the good old days. Um, you uh, had a better chance at uh, passing your test if you took driver's ed in high school. Right. And I was signed up for January of my senior year. So here I am in the summer before my senior year, and they want me to come in seven days a week, basically, I was on. Which radio station? Uh, and that was the old WSN yeah. 1240 in Schenectady. So bottom line is when they asked me, I just said, well, I'll have to ask my mom. You know, And, and, and it's funny because <laughs> when I was writing this book, I did not have that title in my head. And I woke up one morning a few weeks ago just before I was ready to finish writing it. And for some reason, that phrase just popped into my head. And I said, there's the title for the book. So uh, my mom read it. We were down visiting her in Fort Myers a couple of weeks ago uh, in Florida. And uh, she was reading the book while I was there. Oh, cool. Did you like it? So I I heard some giggling. So I think uh, I think it went over okay. Yeah.
0: And real quick, (laughs) then we'll ask you again in about. 12 minutes, about 10 minutes. How, how can somebody buy the book?
1: Um, they can uh, uh, check it out on Amazon.com, which is cool. a great place to uh, to uh, surf for books. There's yes, plenty it is. there. So that's the best place to
0: find it. So there are all kinds of great stories in this book, and I'm going to kind of put you on the spot. What is one story after you finish the book, after you, after you submitted it, after it was, we have the hard copy here, um, after all that, did you say, I could have put this story in the book, or darn, I wish I had included that. Tell me one of those stories. Okay, well, actually, it's uh, uh, what we
1: started out the uh, hour with a few minutes ago. Uh, I don't know why I didn't figure out, maybe it's because I forgot how you spell your last name, Um, how, (laughs) (laughs) how I could pass up. The, the story about us first meeting and then realizing that we were fans of each other. Oh, right. Which really, when I think about it, hasn't happened to anybody else in my life. I mean, I've, I've listened to a lot of disc jockeys and had a lot of fun with a lot of great personalities. But, but to find out, for you to find out who I was and then for me to find out who you were, because I knew you as Mark Lawrence and you came in as Mark Kaplan to get this job with us, and I said, uh, and for, I don't know, maybe over lunch or something mm. one day, you said something. I about, remember that. Yeah. And I just, I almost fell off the chair. I said, oh, my God, I used to listen to you every afternoon. I remember that. When and I, I first so, came back here from college. And, I was so honored. You know, yeah. And, and so, so that's a story that I'd love to tell. I, I, I told a lot of my friends who have purchased the book. I said, first of all, if I spelled your name wrong, I'm sorry. And second, and by the way, in the original edition, I don't know if it's in the one you have, I spelled Mickey Mantle's name wrong. Oh, no. I, I know, I know that. And you're, and, you know, I mean, you're going to throw the book I'm gonna away cry and cry. Um, yeah, I don't know why the editor didn't pick up on that. I had a friend of mine do the editing. I don't know why he missed that or why spellcheck missed it. But anyway. Um, but what I was um, uh, hoping to do is there, there's now that I've done this and I've had so much fun. Yeah. And, and even in the promotion of it, it's been so much fun catching up with old friends and being interviewed on the radio and in podcasts about it. Um, I, there's going to have to be a sequel of some sort, another memoir. And so I don't want to tell you too many more of these no. stories because I, you know, I, hopefully they'll be in the next book and I'm going to call it something like, uh, to all the friends I missed
3: before.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, this is Saint Stories. I'm Mark Kaplan and our guest is Warren Garling. He wrote a book called, I'll have to ask my mom, a radio journey. You may know his, uh, voice and you may say, be saying Warren Garling, who's that? Well, he uses the name Chris Warren on the radio. So I just want to tell a story, which I told you, and I think you had forgotten about my first full time job in radio was because of you, because at that point, Warren Garling was a news reporter and Warren Garling got sick. And I'm not going to go into all the machinations, but I was one of the people who substituted for him. And we came, when he came back healthy. There was another opening and the boss came to me and said. Hey, basically, you pass the audition. We'll keep you as a news reporter. Yeah. So you were responsible. If no you didn't get mononucleosis, I may have not started.
1: It, well, There you go. And you ever remember what I had? That's yes, I do. cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was out of work for a couple of weeks at I least. Remember. Yeah. And it was, it was just a crazy time. Uh, but uh, I don't even, I, you know, again, here's something I learned when you're writing a book, uh, a memoir about how you remember things. It may not be exactly what happened. It's how you took all this information Mm. and is how how you've recollected it many years later. You know, if I had waited any longer on this, you know, I would have forgotten a lot of the things that did come to my mind while writing this book. But I found out from two different sources, two different people that I write about in the book, well, that's not exactly how (laughs) I remember it, you know. So I did change one because that editor I was talking about happened to be the newsman Uh, on the night that we landed on the moon in 1969. Um, He happened to be in in the studio that night, and he went on to be an editor at the Chicago Sun-Times and the uh, Washington Post, and so I figured he probably is a pretty good editor for my book. So he did the editing of it, and um, he told me that what I was remembering on July 20th, 1969, was not quite the same that he's remembering, so I did uh, fix that in the book. But after the book was out and published, another friend of mine said no, that's not exactly how I got mm. fired. And I said, oh, man, now I, I feel bad. And he goes, eh, you know, it's, it's your memoir, and that's mm. what you remember. you know."
0: So I've wanted to be center fielder for the Yankees. I wanted to be play-by-play announcer for the Yankees. Actually, I applied once to be play-by-play announcer for the San Antonio Spurs. That's another long story. <laughs> but um, I've wanted to be a senator from New York State. At some point, you look back and you say, okay, maybe that won't happen. But you wanted to be in radio. At what point did you realize, you know what? I am good. I am good. I can pull this off. Was there any switch that went on? I, I, the- I,
1: I don't think it's happened yet, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I do my best and I have fun doing it, but uh, I, I really don't look at it that way. I, I guess I figured it out when they kept giving me a, me a paycheck every week, you know, mm-hmm. that, hey, I must be doing something right. And I was at one station for 12 years, you know, and, I, and it was, toward, you know, and, and that's when, in fact, when I was let go from that station, decided, um, thanks to, again, my, my very bright wife, who said maybe radio isn't you know, where you want to be the rest of your life. Um, thank goodness she said that because I got into a real paying job and mm-hmm. was able to afford to retire last year. But um, the bottom line is that I, uh, I, within weeks of coming off the radio, I knew I had to be back on the radio. Yeah. I knew that it was in me and there was no way I was going to survive if I couldn't do it even for just a few hours a week. And that's what I've been doing the last
0: 30-plus years. So then let me change the question. How do you know you've done a good show or how do you know you've done a bad show? When you get off the air, what hits you in your mind that says that was good or wow, I wish I could Um, do that again?
1: Well, back in the days, especially when we were uh, live, uh, it was when the phones were ringing. Okay, Uh, when 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 somebody calls you up and said, I'm really enjoying your show this afternoon. Well, that's what you do it for. You, You do it to please the audience. And and that's exactly why I wrote this book was to put a smile. If there's a bottom line to my whole career, it's I enjoy making people smile. Mm. You know, and if I can actually get an actual laugh out of them out loud, that's even better. But if you smile, it's the, the way I've said something, the way I've worded something, the way I've played even two records back to back, then I've done my job. So I'll I'll leave thinking, okay, I, th- there were some good parts of that, and and you know I'll just I'll try to make it even better next time. You know.
0: You say a specific thing every show at the end, and it also says it on your uh, on your Facebook account. What is that, and where did that come from?
1: Um, actually, I found it online and didn't find out until later that it was actually a quote from Dr. Seuss. Wow, It's in a Dr. Seuss book, and I forget exactly which one. I think it may have been the one toward his, the end of his life that he wrote for um, uh, adults, mm. and now I've forgotten the name of that, but— um, I used that. That's another goes back to your last question. I've had more than one person stop me and say, I love what you say at the end of your, you know, your, your shift every week. And, uh, which I won't keep you in suspense any longer. <laughs> um, if I, I want to know, I can remember it, it's, uh, <laughs> don't cry because it's over smile because it happened. And I had one lady write in and she said, uh, my autistic daughter Aww. just loves listening to your show. And, and the, the, the way I know it is that she smiles at the, when you say that at the end of, you know, every shift that you do, when you say those words and, uh, you've, you've touched her. And I said, well, that's the biggest compliment I can get.
0: I only have, I want to give you time to talk about the book again and how somebody can get it. So maybe I have about a minute to answer this question. Okay. If a young person came to you, if anybody came to you now and said, I want to get into radio, (laughs) what would you say?
1: I belong to a couple of uh, Facebook groups where somebody posted that question recently. Um, And and I guess what I would say today is just go in with your eyes wide open, okay? The reason that I actually lost my, the only time I ever got fired from radio was the last time I got fired from my full-time gig after 12 years with the same station. And the only reason was I was making too much money. Mm. Okay, I'd been there long enough that I was the highest paid air personality on the station. They could hire another one and a half people for what they were paying me and that's right. what they did. So just go in with your eyes wide open. I have done commercials on the side, voice acting on the side. I taught at the uh, radio school for a long time. You've met a and, m- bunch and, of and, amazing people. Uh, yes, exactly and and you have to do a little bit of that on the side. you have to do the, the record hop now and again as
0: we used to call them, uh,
1: you know, in order, you know, to make a a decent living at this. But boy, if it's in your blood, you know, go for it. It's a lot of fun.
0: Speaking of a lot of fun. Warren Garling has written a book called I'll Have to Ask My Mom. It's a radio journey. It's really cool. It's a nice read. It's a good read. It's a fun read. Very fast read. It is. <laughs> so what if somebody wants to buy
1: it? Uh, you know, if you got a, a couple of bucks and you want to just um, uh, call it up on your Kindle, you can do that for uh, like 4 or $5. And if you want to buy the uh, soft cover version, it's like nine ninety five. and it's at Amazon.com.
0: And if you have any interest in radio, which I think most people do, really, um, it's really worth with a, with a buy, go for it. It's called I'll Have to Ask My Mom. It's by Warren Garling, G-A-R-L-I-N-G, who is one of the nicest people I've ever met and such a good friend. Thank you. It's been an honor. Hopefully you'll Thank be you, back.
1: Mark. Well, I hope so. I, I, I enjoy being with you.
0: Thanks. I do too. I'm Mark Kaplan. That was Warren Garling. And treat somebody really well and have a really peaceful day.